Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it's the Airbuds again. Hey, how you been? I hope things are well. Oh, me, I'm fine. Oh, uh, and uh, it's, I, I've, what's, what's going on with you, Mike? Uh, happy basketball. Playoff basketball's going on. Woo! The Sixers swept the Nets, and I don't even think we've talked about that at all on the podcast because we've been doing other stuff, but yeah, now they're playing the Celtics starting Monday. Should we stream a, a, a Sixers game? Do you want to do that? Do you really want to do that? I mean, we did it last series, and then they ended up sweeping, so I think we it have was to the do first it. Round. You weren't, but you weren't really worried about the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm very worried about the Celtics. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. This if, is a different energy. You can't compare the two. Well, you know, like every episode of Airbuds has to be different. Like the first one I was happy and confident and this one I want to be sad and crying. It's just like varied entertainment, you know? Okay. But that's see, sometimes show nah formulas is good. Law and Order's been doing the same thing for four hundred years. That's a good they point. solved the case. <laughs> That is a very good point. Well, you know what? Today we have a very special guest uh, that I want to introduce. Uh, you know her as Lisco2000 on Twitter. She's uh, the queen of uh, NBA fan fiction, I would say. Or, you know, she's up there. I don't know if she's the queen, but she's in the royal family. Uh, please welcome Lisco2000. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Thanks for coming on. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. I realize I called you the queen of NBA fan fiction because I just know you're very prolific and you, you, you've you written some very interesting things. But I guess I didn't ask you, like, do you consider yourself the queen or where do you rank yourself? Um, I think I consider myself one of the only people that, like, openly talks about and celebrates fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some friends that also write it. I don't want to call myself the queen because mm-hmm. there are some people who are better than me. Um, but, Yeah. I don't know. I think like if you go on Twitter, there's like maybe like three or four people openly like tweeting about this kind of stuff. And I'm one of them. So. 
Well, I wanted to have you on. I think we wanted to have you on because you, you, I'm like always very impressed the way that you uh, talk about fanfic and in the way you like kind of, I think uh, I, 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 I'm a professional writer and I feel like, you know, it's often um, fan fiction is like kind of derogatory for a lot of people. Uh, And, you know, if you're in like a writer's room, like, you know, fan fiction is thrown around like it's uh, like it's like a a bad thing. But there's like a lot of very good writing. And again, I will say your writing is like very good and thoughtful and impressive. Um, But like, I, I feel like it's like it's it's unfair because when you're, when you're a hired writer on a TV show, you're essentially doing fan fiction. You are working for the creator's vision and trying to write the things that they created uh, for them and and pleasing them. So like, I don't know, I I guess you're working hard to uh, bring respectability to fan fiction. I just wanted to have you, uh, have you on and, and let you talk about that. Yeah. um, I definitely, I definitely agree with what you said about, like the TV show writer's room thing, especially now because so many people are doing like biopics or mm-hmm. biopics. I don't really know how to pronounce it, but I don't know so either, many people yeah. are doing them where it's like the movie, that movie that came out a few years ago about Queen, like that's the one that comes to mind. Like that's fan fiction. Like yeah. you are writing fictionalized versions of real events. Um, and that's kind of how I look at fan fiction, I guess for anything, like specifically NBA, because that's what I've been into lately. But like you're writing fictionalized versions of real things that are not meant to be taken as real life. Like you're supposed to look at it from a perspective that this isn't what actually happened. It's like kind of an alternate universe sort of thing. I mean, at least that's how I look at it. So I just, I think that's really interesting. ABC Friday. It just takes one great idea to change your life. Shark Tank returns for its 15th season. I didn't know I was going to cry right now. <laughs> with new guest sharks, Jason Blum of Blumhouse, Michael Rubin of Fanatics, and Candace Nelson of Sprinkles Cupcakes. I'm going to make you an offer. On a scale of 1 to 10. I've never seen anything like this on Shark Tank. This season is a 15. I totally believe in you. Shark Tank premieres Friday on ABC and stream on Hulu. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. It's on its way. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Wrexham. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with the Disney Bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. Do you have an all-time favorite NBA fan fiction? Um. Okay, I have to like... I'm actually going to pull up my AO3 bookmarks because um, there's one. I forget the name, but it makes me very happy. I like it. Um, basically, a few months ago, I was like looking through stuff um, just to see like what other people were writing. I have this one friend who's like really into like the scholarly side of this sort of stuff. So she was like sending me back and being like, just go look on AO3 and find like the earliest NBA fan fictions you can. So I found one that was about um, Leandro Barbosa and Steve Nash. Um, it's from 2010. Okay. And it's basically, it's like a meet cute sort of thing where like the author just kind of wrote, it's um, it's like, I never wrote one of these, but I know about them. It's like a five times thing. So it's like you write five separate scenes that all have like a connecting like thread to them. So it's basically just these two, like having a meet cute. It's called just like a blur. It's really cute. I recommend it. <laughs> I'm opening up a tab. And I don't really care about either of those players. I was just like, okay, this is cute. This is nice. 
Um, I'm going to read that later. Now you like, so I, I guess the, the NBA fanfic like kind of ranges from like the, like on one end of the spectrum, like disgustingly horny. Like I think of like one that I, yeah. that I found where I think it was the warriors basically having a group orgy after a loss to like comfort there's a each lot, other. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like the the melodramatic where um, I, I, I'm thinking of one again about Steph Curry like and his neighbor like that he grew up with like kind of having this weird dramatic soap opera affair kind yeah. of thing. But then there's like uh, I think uh, the one uh, I let's go forgive me. What's the name of yeah. the the Dario Saric one that you wrote where he like has a, he's like concussed? And oh my god, we share the same skies. I did that when I was 17 and. Yeah. It's real. It's real. I'm working on a rewrite that is, we'll see if it's good, but that's like, that's like my pride and joy. I think I <laughs> love that one. About it. It's just, it's just like a character piece where it's really just like a character yeah. study about like Dario Saric, like yeah, 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 feeling alone and confused about his life. Yeah. yeah. It's that one's really interesting. Cause I was, I was writing that when I was like 17 and 18, like in 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think it was also like, because I look back at that and I kind of kept like notes because I mean, I'm kind of rewriting it. Not really sure what's going to happen there. But because um, I was just looking back and I was realizing that like in writing all of this, it's like, oh, I'm literally just talking about how like my life has changed so much that it's unrecognizable because I'm 18. I'm stuck in my parents' house. Like it feels like everybody else has moved on without me. I'm going to college. I don't have any friends. And it's like I didn't mean to do that, obviously. But like when you look at it, like you can kind of really see what I was going through um that's it's a, pretty, yeah i it's honestly thinking back on it it's right like I, that is i wrote it i wrote it like it, it's set in like an alternate 2020 where there's no pandemic mm-hmm. so it's because i just started it and i didn't know the pandemic was gonna start and then it did so it was like yeah pretty interesting stuff is it set march what day was that march uh like march what? 12th when rudy gobert got <laughs> yeah that was march 11th I post rudy <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Uh, interesting uh, note. I uh, do you guys follow NBA alerts on Twitter? No. Yes? Question mark. It's it's literally all it does is it alerts you when pe- like NBA players follow or unfollow people. Uh, and oh, okay. Wait, I found it. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen this. Yeah, Rudy Gobert followed Tucker Carlson yesterday. Oh. <laughs> he followed him. He yesterday? followed him. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> But what is he even going to say to? What are there? What's Rudy's plan? Did he? Did Tucker reach out to him? I don't know. There's no way. There's no way. Bow tie? No bow tie. Is Tucker Carlson got a bow tie still? Does he still rock? No, no. He's. uh, I have no idea. I feel like just found out he's off that. John Stewart like roasted him for the bow tie when I was in high school, and I think he like got got rid of it from that point, right? (laughs) Pretty much. That was the same story I heard. Yeah. Um, so when you said that you're, you're working on a rewrite, but you don't know where it's going to go, like, what is like Mm -hmm. the end goal for like, you know, you, you have like a library Mm -hmm. of stuff. Are you going to like eventually hopefully like make an anthology and try to publish it? It just, it lives on my AO3, um, profile. Cause I think one of the main, one of the main rules of like writing fan fiction is like, you don't want to actually publish it and like monetize it. So for now it lives on my AO3, um, Tell I don't me, really tell know. Tell me about that though. Like, why? Why not? Yeah. 
Is it is it because uh, like true fanfic writers like do it for the love and not because they want to? Well, it's because you're that, trying to get, yeah. you're using like famous people's likeness, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mostly it's kind of a mix of both, but also like because most. So I do like RPF, which is like real person fan fiction, which is very controversial, and most people on the internet will be like, absolutely not. Um, because just because of the connotations of like what that is, because I think most people who write fan fiction do include like like sexual aspects and like smut and stuff and i i never do but like people do that and they're like oh like it's disrespectful to do this to real people so that's why people are like against rpf um but in general like most fan fiction is written about like fictional series so for example like if you're writing fan fiction about like let's say you're writing fan fiction about succession right and you have tom and greg get together those aren't your characters so you can't really monetize them because jesse armstrong owns them yeah um so it's it's that kind of thing and there's there's things like fanzines and stuff that like do technically monetize it to like send it like send physical like magazines out to people but in general i think most of the fan fiction community is like pretty anti-monetizing Got it. Respect. Respect. Mm-hmm. You know, that made me think. I actually literally, uh, my very first job in Los Angeles uh, was, I was a production assistant on the very last season of King of the Hill. Um, so cool. Uh, I, I loved it. It was great. I love that show. Um, but uh, just last week, this random person emailed me and was like, I wrote a movie about King of the Hill. My wife and I wrote it. And like, I want to know if you'll like read it. And I just like email back. He's like, what do you like? What do you expect out of this exchange? Like I'm confused. And he's like, Oh, well, mm-hmm. I figured maybe you could pass it on to Mike judge and, uh, and we could like get the movie made. And I responded, I was like, I'm sorry. Like I, I don't, number one, I never even met Mike judge uh, because he was not really involved in the day to day of the show by the, right. by the end of the show. Um, but like number two, like I couldn't give it, I couldn't give him, your movie because that would just open both you and him to like a million legal issues and like Disney would sue the shit out of you. If there was ever like, like I just had to like tell him like, this is not how it works. You can't just take other people's IP and like, and try to make it. Um, And then he replied back. He's like, thank you for your time. And I felt really bad, but I feel like I had to like shatter his world a little bit to be like, this is not how it works. Just go. If you believe in the movie, go rewrite it and make it about like your own working class Texas family of your own creation. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've been following the playoffs. Maybe. I honestly haven't been following that close. I, I only read Miami versus Bucks. Uh, box scores i didn't watch a second of that shit i mean i ain't even gonna lie to you you missed the 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 last two games were classics and jimmy butler went insane i heard i saw i saw the numbers you could read it through the box score yeah i simmed it anyway the playoffs are happening um do you who's your team if you got one but more (laughs) importantly are you seeing any storylines forming in this playoffs you know like yeah okay this is a really interesting question so i'm a sixers fan um woo! Um, i'm very happy about the net sweep yeah i don't really know like 
I feel like the people that get the most fan fiction written about them are all on the Warriors, um, which is really interesting. Like, there are people who do it for – there's a lot of – actually, there's a lot of Celtic stuff. There's a lot of, like, oh, really? Jason Tatum Makes sense. situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, you have, like, any duo, and there will be people shipping them, which is kind of why we don't see, like, as Sixers fans right now, like, they're, like, I don't really see a lot of stuff. Um, the stuff that I do see is, like – process era like people will ship like ben and joel um but there's nothing about like joel and james harden right now um but yeah no i've been seeing like a lot of a lot of warriors i think something that i think people are definitely gonna write about this bucks heat situation i can definitely see somebody doing like a really angsty like Giannis thing where he like because he got bounced and everything and like blah 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 and he also had that like the very dramatic press conference yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, people ship him with like everybody. So he's. One I can of also see, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Butler and yes. Giannis kind of having a mm -hmm. like a Romeo and Juliet kind of no, thing. No, because one of my friends actually was like texting me and being like, "Oh, like this is like something that can be used in a fan fiction," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so <laughs> I won't be writing it, um, but if you're out there and you want to write it, go ahead. Let me ask. Uh, you mentioned no one's really doing anything about Joel and yes. James. And I, I think the problem in that is that Joel is kind of like weirdly antisocial, maybe like he doesn't really seem to have tight friendships with many people. Right. I think it's less of like an antisocial thing and more that like, it's, there's just certain like archetypes of I guess people and characters that like, get more stuff written about them. Um, for me, like I literally only write about the process Sixers mostly um, just because like, I kind of grew up watching them. I was like 16. I was a sophomore in high school watching them. Um, and I think just the thing is that like, like for example, like with Steph and Clay, like they are so clearly like besties and there's a lot of like, I forget, I forget what they call it in K-pop. But basically, like, the fan service where, like, you'll have them, like, interview each other after a game and it's, like, cute and you know about their personal lives. But, like, for example, with, like, Joel and James Harden, they've only been teammates for, like, a year and a half. Um, they don't get, like, the fan service kind of treatment. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I feel like it would be a really fun dynamic to write about, but people just don't. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> no, I... I I think I think in a lot of ways Joel Embiid is kind of an enigma. Um, I think yeah. he's kind of a family guy. He likes to like mm -hmm. just be at home with his girlfriend and his kid. And I think yeah. James Harden is like <laughs> the opposite be. of that. <laughs> yeah, but also like he's I think you know he's at the strip clubs every night. Yeah. And well, he, people write a lot about him with like Russell Westbrook. I oh, see really? that, which is interesting. Yeah, and like Kevin Durant, that whole like OKC trio situation. Not like a lot, a lot, but if you look for it, it's out there. Yeah. It's got to be some King stuff coming. Yes. You got to think. They're lighting looked, the beam. Somebody's yes. got to catch, catch some beams. I'm, I'm going to look right now. I I think the other thing that I just remembered was um, Devin Booker and Luka Doncic was like their whole thing where like they got really up in each other's faces and they were like beefing, but people were like, yo, like enemies to lovers. And I looked on Archive of Our Own and there was nothing. And I was like, what are you people doing? So I'll see if there's any King stuff. I feel like there should be. I literally like have AO3 up on my phone right now. <laughs> but um, 
Hold on, let's take a look. I'm sorry, the search this one here is like confusing. Leonard working on some. What you got? What are you writing these days? Michael me? for fanfic. Yeah. I don't have. I actually. Well, I mean, I can't really talk about it, but I'm kind of writing fanfic about my own life right now for well, that's developing real. a show. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm looking right now. It is like it's 99% warriors. This is really funny. Yeah, I I'm not saying any king stuff. Oh, it, um, well, oh, just kidding. He's not on the Kings anymore. I saw Tyrese Halliburton in there, but he's not on oh. the Kings anymore. Man, the Pacers got the best crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm getting some Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but this is from like last month. They're not they're not on the Kings, I'm just saying they're like a duo that people ship. But it's it's yeah. mostly Warriors on here. That's cool. That I, makes sense. Kawhi yeah. and Kawhi's uh, you know, he's uh he's taking a couple days off, you know, for whatever reason. Paul George is hurt. They're both just like Yeah. Hi drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, when hijinks. You know, when you don't yeah. dress out, this definitely leads to hijinks. Yeah. Um, let's go. There's something uh, that I've seen you, I think you've talked about online before, um, but about yeah. how fanfic gives like voice to like women and, and queer people, particularly. Yes. Uh, can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, why that's so important? It's so, first of all, everybody I know that also writes fan fiction is like female and slash or queer. Um, so that's just that one thing. And also the fandoms that like women and queer people are typically socialized in are ones that have like a lot of fan fiction. It's like something you're, you're supposed to do. Um, all of the fan fictions or the fan fiction, all the fandoms that I was raised in at least have like you're encouraged to write fan fiction. All of the fandoms that I've been in are very like female and queer. And then you take it to sports fandom where it's like so heteronormative and hyper masculine where like those kind of things are just shut down or they're just kind of co-opted out of their original context. Like when people see somebody doing like a trade hypothetical and they're like, oh, you're writing fan fiction where it's just kind of seen as an insult. So I think it's really important to talk about fan fiction as a good thing because it does, it gives a voice to people who don't really have one in the sports fandom world and who like kind of get ridiculed whenever they express it. Yeah, I love that. Cause I think like we were seeing like all this, fucking fucked up shit like in the nhl where players are refusing to wear like pride jerseys or you know there's just so many ways in which like you know non like anyone who's not a straight male is like kind of excluded or Mm -hmm. suppressed in sports fandom so i love that like this is like a a rising thing even if it is 90 percent about the warriors whom i don't like (laughs) yeah (laughs) No, I think I have a friend who, like, one of my best friends is doing, like, she doesn't publish it, but she's writing all about the Wizards, Um, and if she did publish her stuff, like, AO3 would be, like, a good 70% Wizards. I love her stuff, too, because she sends it to me all the time. Um, hey, but I guess, yeah. This... Let the Wizards stuff out, man. Come on. I know. The Wizards no, need any her. press. Like, you should post it. The Wizards need yeah. any press. I know. Any they, time. Honestly, like when I'm like reading her stuff and even just like watching games and like looking at the team, I'm like, I feel like they should have more of a fandom because it's all these like sc- like scrappy young dudes who like are just well, like living in DC. You think? I mean, well, yeah. Kuz- I just, Kuzma yeah. and Spencer Dinwiddie. Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie. Is exactly. Like, that's there's something there. Sure, it's mostly remember. online. <laughs> they're never they're never in person when they're arguing mm-hmm. with each other. So I think that's yeah. like a little different. 
Yeah, but it's still like that whole thing where it's like there there had to be tension when they were teammates and nobody's kind of like written about it and explored it. I guess it's, like in a fictional yeah. alternate universe. It's very clear that there like something happened between them. Like someone yeah, needs to exactly. like imagine what that event was that caused this weird beef. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, it's I think I like the word imagining. I think that's definitely how I like to look at this kind of stuff where it's like you're not telling you're not telling the story as you want others to believe it. You're imagining it in a way that you enjoy, I guess. Yeah. Um, you brought up earlier like the the biopic biopic thing like yes. uh, about how, you know, you watch the Queen movie. It's just fucking fan fiction. You watch you yeah. know, uh, the Elvis movie and that is mm-hmm. like <laughs> that movie that's was like poorly written fan fiction I would say Uh, but like why is it that like then when like you know someone who's doing it for free and not being paid to have it turned into a movie is like suddenly looked down upon like well I mean I yeah well go on um I think most of it is kind of that fan fiction in the sense of people writing it, posting it online, like on their profiles or like AO3 or Tumblr or whatever, it's kind of looked down upon. And that's literally fully because most of the people doing it are women and queer people doing it for free. Um, I read this book that, oh my God, I forget the title. Hold on. It's Moby Dick. I'm going to Google this so quickly. Okay. It's called Everything I Need I Get From You. It's by Caitlin Tiffany. It's really good. It's basically um, this look into like the One Direction fandom and the fact that they were, everything they did was basically like delegitimized um, because it was like young women and it was queer people and they were like ships and like gay fan fiction and like literally everything you'd expect from a bunch of girls having fun on the internet. It just gets looked down upon because it's, it's girls doing it. It's not like, people in charge of like production companies or whatever. So yeah. I mean, when there is a One Direction biopic, I hope it's written by like the Larry Shippers. <laughs> so <laughs> well, why do you think it is that like, cause then there are, but then there are like fandoms that are mostly women that are like feared on the, like, like yeah. the Barbs or the Bayhive. I like they're the like, yeah, people are like afraid of them. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because of like the power of like a bunch of women getting together really and I mean I especially see like kind of jokes about that on sports twitter because like I just I don't think I don't think groups of men on the internet are used to being or feeling threatened in any way meanwhile like for me like a like girl growing up in fandom I am so used to constantly having people trying to like fight with me or like find some kind of problem with what I'm doing so I think it's that kind of thing um and You've also, been, like, like training at, for the fight your entire life. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, yeah. I, I've been training. I had, like, <laughs> I was thinking yesterday, I found, okay, yesterday I was looking at my seventh grade science teacher's Instagram, and I found a picture of me standing <laughs> there, my little, I was wearing a little, like, Aeropostale, like, long sleeve shirt with penguins on it, and I was like, this is the girl grown women were, like, jumping to beef with on Tumblr? Like, this is the girl who's getting death threats? Like, what? So, I think it's just that kind of thing where, like, you get so used to all of that. And especially like if you stand like a powerful female figure like Nicki Minaj or like Beyonce, like it's just this like female camaraderie, I guess that it's kind of like, it's kind of like sports teams in a way where it's like, you're fighting for Nicki versus like Cardi. It's like you're, you're rooting for the Sixers versus the Celtics. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's just an analogy. But yeah, I, I, it I makes more sense kind of than yeah, yeah. Sixers, Knicks, Knicks. I, I, I get it. 
Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. It is definitely like we're living in a time now where like everything is like a sports oh, yeah. team fandom. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. who's the who's the Sixers and who's the Celtics? Oh, of the two of them. The Sixers Nikki's are fucking is, like Nicki Minaj is the Sixers. No, I, I live by that. Or maybe I hate I, to say it, I spice is the Knicks. Oh, right? Ice Spice is the Knicks for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think the, sense. the Sixers, though, sadly, and I say this as a Philadelphia native and Sixers fan, the Sixers are like someone completely irrelevant. <laughs> They're like yeah, Iggy Azalea I mean, that's or true. something. <laughs> yeah, like Ooh, no, not Iggy, not Iggy. <laughs> no, I can't. Maybe like I, I, I don't know. In terms of like the pop girls, like or I, yeah, I don't really even know. They're uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they are, but yeah, I think Ice Spice is the Knicks. The Celtics are like, like some fucking Irish punk band that nobody cares about. <laughs> I don't know. What's that? The 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 Dropkick Murphys. That's the Celtics. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go. You recently? Uh, I think you was it recently? You like launched your Substack? Um, or it was who, a year ago, but I got back into it like got two it. weeks ago. So I read, I'm back on there now. Yeah, I read a very thoughtful like piece you wrote about like mm. covering your first kind of uh, like major sports event. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, just... I do. I, th- this yeah. is a really like fun subject. Um, I actually really enjoyed that piece. So basically, I covered a Wizards game. It was like a garbage like end of the season, like nobody was making the playoffs nobody cared it was wizards Mm. magic i live in dc and yeah i write for my uh college newspaper so i got a press pass i was like i'm feeling so cool like this is gonna be awesome i was there with my friends connor and marco um and i just like it just felt like i can't even really describe it but it just kind of felt weird to be like oh these like people that i have been like fangirling over from like childhood bedrooms and college apartments like they're actually like real and they don't care about me like it's not that sounds weird that sounds really weird and parasocial but that's kind of the best way I can describe it where it's like oh I am putting so much work and so much effort into covering these people and like they kind of just step over me and it's like I know it's part of the job like you're not supposed to want to like come up to me and have a conversation while you're warming up or whatever but it's just kind of this thing where it's like I think I put it in the piece as saying like I felt like a speck of dust at best and a piece of meat at worst Um, especially as like a woman doing it where it's like, they kind of like, you kind of just get looked over or sexualized, um, by everybody in that room. Like, unless you like really know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just kind of, it felt like super weird. I don't know. It had been like, it was just kind of an experience where like, okay, this is awesome. But like, why do I really feel uncomfortable right now? Do you find yourself feeling, you know, a few weeks uh, from this event, do you find yourself like feeling discouraged about like, do you want to like keep pursuing it or like what, like I'm a former journalist myself. Okay. Uh, so like, uh, and I remember being your age and, and kind of, yeah. you know, covering, like I, I used to cover like city hall politics in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being young and dumb and like trying to like fit in with all these like fucking like 50 year old (laughs) grizzled journalists and and trying not to look like a baby to like the city council members. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I just remember like being very discouraged uh, at a young age. I'm like curious, like how you feel about that. Um, I think like at the time that I wrote the thing, I was feeling pretty discouraged. I wanted to write about it because it's like, 
doing this is something that I am really passionate about. I'd say like, I mean, sideline reporting is cool. Like that's a field that I would go down. Like if everything, if the stars align, like the stuff that I really want to be doing is like talking about like fandom sociology and like research and feminism and like queer theory and all that kind of stuff. Like that's, I don't even know what job that is. So when people ask like, what are your plans after college? I'm just like journalism, even though it's definitely not really where I want to be. Um, but I think like, I don't think I'm that discouraged. I think, I mean, next NBA season, I'm signing up for like a million press passes. Like I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I'm going to try to get better at it. I'm going to try to like see what's going on. But I was just like, it's just kind of this thing where it's like, oh, like I'm here. I'm some girl. I write fan fiction about this thing. I care about it so much. Like this entire wall behind me, there's like so many like NBA cards and stuff on there. It's like, this is something I really, really care about. And then I get out there and it's like, oh, I, ooh, I'm, I'm just some girl. Um, yeah, especially, I mean, pair that with like a minor internet following. And it's just this whole thing where you're like, oh my God, <laughs> what is happening? So, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm happy that you're not, that you're going to just say fuck it and keep going after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the goal. Also, well, is there know, like, oh, go on, Joe. Well, just trying to cover a Wizards Magic game. That's just... <laughs> Everybody else there is already sad. It's not yeah, like so it was... everybody's coming with a layer of depressiveness on top <laughs> yeah. of just before you even get there. No, exactly. I think that was honestly, that was part of it. But I feel like it also like led to it being less pressure because nobody there cared. Not even the yeah. fans. No one cared. Um, and I feel like for me as somebody who cares really deeply about literally everything I do, but also treats it all like a joke. It was just like this kind of thing where it was just like something just felt really off. And I hope it doesn't feel as off next time I do it. Uh, I'm sure it won't. Every, you know, yeah. you know how it goes. It's like working mm-hmm. out. Every time you do yeah. it, you get a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, you mentioned, I think, on Twitter the other day that you've been accused of being Dario Sarich's burner. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. All the time. Uh, tell me, like, what is it about Dario that you, because I feel like you guys have a special connection somehow, like you're like divine yeah. twins with each other or something. What What is it about him? Um, well, okay. So the way that I always kind of just explain this is I was really into like the Sixers in 2017 and 2018 when it was like that whole, it was like the Feds era. It was like all of those guys. And I don't know why I just really got emotionally attached to Dario, like I think just because he was like goofy like I was just looking at I have an old Twitter account that I got locked out of when I was 16 so it's like a time capsule and I was looking and I was like oh I was tweeting the same stuff that I am now like (laughs) five or six years ago um but I honestly didn't really get into basketball or get even get even into Dario the way that I am now until like March of 2020 Mm -hmm. um that's when I mean it's like a hyper fixation which I, I get those because I have OCD and I'm like neurodivergent and it's basically my brain just latches onto something and it's my favorite thing ever for like as long as it wants to be and then it suddenly goes away and then I don't care anymore. And it's mine usually lasts like I'd say like three to six years um, and I'm on year three of this one. So so we're in, yeah, we're in I'm, the I'm in prime, prime Dario fixation era right now. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I'd say 2021 was like the prime era I don't know if you guys followed Dario Party, but that was a whole thing. Um, now I'm kind of just like, I'm trying to like grow away from it and kind of have like a different presence, but it's still like a big part of everything I do. And Where I think, even is he right now? My bad. He's in Oklahoma. He's, he's in Oklahoma? Okay. Yeah, yeah but he's he a free agent. Yeah. I think you should say with the Thunder. 
He was I good think for that them. would be really fun. And I like the Thunder fandom. They're really nice to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I can um, I can confirm that Dario does appreciate all the stuff I do because like we've talked a few times. Wait, and, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh like my gosh. Instagram. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this. So uh there was a recent uh athletic, I think it was the athletic that a player survey, and yes. there was a question of who would you least like to fight? Uh and yeah. of course James Johnson was number one. Yes. But I think like third or fourth was Dario. Which <laughs> I did not see that, but which caught like, me off actually, guard. Yeah, what? and I'm like wondering, is it like, is it Nobody like, what is it? Because he seems like such a sweetheart, and um, I'm like, there's that weird story I, okay. about like the Croatian yes. mafia or whatever. Is that what it is? Yes, it okay. might be that. Okay, he's like a total sweetie pie by everything that I know. Um, the the thing that I would say about him is that if you want to get his attention via Instagram DM, send a photo of a cute animal. Um, he loves it. But, like, I, he's, like, a diva. He's a bit of a diva. In Minnesota, he, like, turned on the entire locker room because he didn't want to be there anymore. Um, that was, like, 2019. And I – oh, my personal theory is that, like, there's black mold in the locker room, in the Minnesota locker room that's making everybody go crazy because you get there and you go insane. So, mm. is that? He's been a diva since the Euro League. Kind of just Rudy, like Rudy Gobert thing. just followed yeah. Tucker Carlson. Yes. No, exactly. I think there was black mold in the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> locker room and somebody has to open an investigation. So – yeah, I, I did not see that poll. Please send it to me because I cannot believe oh, no one tagged me. Maybe yeah. it was because of the paywall, but Oh yeah. yeah. I'll 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 send you uh I'll just send you a screenshot of it. Yeah. Okay, please. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, let's go. Uh let's wrap it up. What where where can people find you on the internet? Anything you want to um, plug? Okay. I'm on Twitter at Lisco underscore 2000, Instagram Lisco underscore 2000. I just got on Blue Sky, so I feel really cool. And that's just at Leah, um, L-I-A-H. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. I had to beg for a code on Twitter, though. So don't worry. I didn't get invited. What's Blue Sky <laughs> like? I, I haven't... Uh... It's cool. It's really cool. It's kind of like all of the most famous mutuals you have are there. Like mm-hmm. my... I was like kikiing with like Chelsea Manning and Jake Tapper earlier. And I'm like, oh, what wow. the heck? Like, I'm just some girl. <laughs> What's happening? Um, so, yeah, I mean, once you get on there, get on there. It's really fun. But that's kind of those are my most important socials right now. I used to have TikTok. I don't anymore. But that's where you can find me. Got it. Jamal, you got anything you want to you want to plug coming up? Do you got any shows this weekend? Uh, hell no. Oh, uh, Friendship Bunnies. That's a that's a Sixers program. Verdugo Bar Sunday. Oh, nice. Let's, I'll, I'll walk over. Come on down. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Uh, please check out Lisco's uh, fanfic. I can't endorse it enough. It's very thoughtful and good. <laughs> thank you. Love you guys. Bye. Hello. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.